I, I want to talk to you today about a destiny shaper. I want to talk to you about the destiny shaper. Your destiny depends upon this. It's a, it's a very key to you reaching your destiny. How many want to reach your destiny in God? Amen. I counted five hands that went up and one amen. How many want to reach your destiny in God? Come on. All right. Now, there we go. Come on. So I, I want to talk to you about what's between your ears. I want to talk to you today about your mind. It's your destiny shaper. Your destiny shaper is right between your ears. It's the gray matter that's there. And what you do with it is vital. I want us to open up. The Bible says in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, verse 9 and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth, if you've come to know Jesus, you've got, you know this, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confesses, confession is made to salvation. How many, we've been thanking Jesus all morning. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Father, for your love. And today we just celebrate the goodness of God. We celebrate that we are saved. We have been set free. Can you say amen? It says in 1 Thessalonians, though, something else. I'm going to take you a little bit on a journey this morning. And for some of you, I'm reminding you. For others, it's a, it's a big hello. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul says that Christians walk, uh, that the Christian walk includes changes of the spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Now many, it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want, you, I want you to tell the person next to you this morning, I want you to look at them and tell the person next to you, we are not done changing. It's time to change. It's always time to change. At the end of the Apostle John's life, at the, at the end of the Apostle John's life, after walking with Jesus and experiencing everything that he experienced with Jesus, he says in 3 John chapter 2, he says, Beloved, people of God, people, in other words, in the same relationship, in same relationship, those who are united with God, he said, I pray that you may prosper in all things. How many know that God wants you to prosper in all things? As Devin said earlier, this is not just about money. This is actually about prospering within your inner being, the core of who you are. Because your internal realities, whatever's going on the inside is what's going to come on. It's going to be manifest on the outside. What you got going on in here, that's the change that has to take place. Because as you internalize, what you internalize is what your external manifestations are going to be. And, and John is saying here, he spent time with Jesus. He spent, this is at the end of his journey. He's, he's telling us, he's telling us, all of us who are in Christ, he says, Beloved, people of God, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. John realized that the prosperity of our whole lives, including our health of our bodies, hinged on something. It hinged on the condition of our soul. John understood that we're, what is in us, as I said, it, it, it controls what comes out of us. The internal clock, the internal 
realities, my soul. What, what compromises the soul this morning? What is it that compromises the soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, what is your mind? The reasoning and thinking process. Your will, deciding and your choosing process, your emotions and feelings. Your mind, will, your mind, will, and emotions, they comprise the soul and they control to a large degree what you experience in life. You can have the right information, but unless you walk it out, you're not gonna have the impartation and the fruitfulness of a fruitful life. You can be saved, that's why you can be saved for 25 years, but have craziness going on in your soul because you have not been renewed in the process. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, they comprise the soul and control to a large degree. And will, you, will, you will either struggle or you will either thrive depending on what's going on in your soul. Anybody with me, can you say amen? Everyone who has been born again can and must work for the salvation of the soul. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I want, you to t I want you to know this morning that this life and serving God is not a sprint, it's a marathon. How many are you glad that, uh, that, that God gives you strength for the marathon? Because it is a marathon. It's a process. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Jesus already saved me. Why do I need to work out my salvation? He's talking about your soul. He's talking about the process called sanctification. He's talking about a daily renewal. It's talking about, I, there's another item the Holy Spirit reveals to me as I open up the Word of God and, and highlights, you need to change that. Yes, sir. You meditate on the Word, you walk out the Word, and you become different because you're not acting the same as you did yesterday. And the process on the inside is being changed. The thinking is being changed. So therefore, you're a more accurate representation of Christ today than you were yesterday. Can you say amen? That is the renewal process. He says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's a daily process. It's hearing the voice of God and walking it out. James chapter 1, 21 says, therefore, lay aside. Lay aside what? Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive what? With meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. You got to turn to somebody next to you and tell them this. You got to receive the word. You have to receive the word, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. I'm reminded of this truth all the time because I hear people in the church who do things because they want to and not because God's Word says to. They, here's what the Word of God says. Don't talk about your brother and sister. Don't share this. Don't be a part of, of gossip. But then there's this other side that people go, yeah, but they said this and they did this and I, I have to tell this and I have to share this. So therefore, I'm going to give into my unrenewed soul and not into the Word of God. 
So my emotions are going to get the better of me, and I'm going to just blurt out whatever I want to say. I'm going to take out whoever I want to take out with my words because I'm hurt. I'm damaged. I'm, 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 I, I, I don't want God's healing. I want, to, I want to vent for a while. So therefore, we're giving into the unrenewed soul and our emotions instead of what the Word of God says. I see it all the time. I hear it. Now, none of us are perfect, but let me tell you something. If we're the same today as we were 20 years ago, there's something wrong. Anybody with me this morning? If you have not changed, if you're still tripping on what you tripped on 20 years ago, you need to come into alignment with the Word of God. We're talking about the renewal of the soul this morning. We're talking about our mind. So, as we said already, James chapter 121, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He said, oh, we already read, he wants us to prosper even as our soul prospers. Most Christians have repented enough to be forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. Let me say that again. Most Christians have repented enough to be forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. They got their ticket to heaven, but man, that, that almost stops right there. This is why your destiny is about the renewal of your soul. How many of you know that God's not going to release to somebody their full destiny, you're not going to walk fully in it if you're an emotional wreck. If, if, if any time that something comes up in your life, uh, there's, there's not praise, rejoicing. We talked about last week uh, the whole point of, of praising the Lord, consider it all joy when trials come to you. If you're still, a, a, when trials hit your life and all of a sudden you explode, you're, a, you're an emotional wreck and all the, you feel like the, the sky's falling and God's nowhere near you because you've decided to focus on the problems and not God, and you burst out in fear, and, and trib, trib, all of a sudden you're walking through tribulation, and, 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 uh, and you get into oppression, and now you're kind of in depression. And, and let me just tell you something. That cycle of stuff is going to, it, it is not God's plan for you. He says, consider it all joy. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, the Word of God says in Thessalonians. And what? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Consider it all joy. Why? Because you know that God holds your hand. God's walking with you, and you are his son. He, and he is your father, and he's not going to allow anything more than you can handle at any one time. So therefore, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to praise the Lord. My soul isn't going to get the best of me. Matter of fact, you can have a prosperous soul. Matter of fact, your soul should be on a constant, like I said, renewal process. What affected me yesterday doesn't affect me today because I learned through that process. If you tripped up once, don't trip up twice. Can you say amen? It's time to move forward. It's time to pick up the tent pegs and pick up the tent and get out of sorrow land, get out of oppression land, get out of dysfunction land, get out of my emotional wreck land and step into the promises of God. 
Maybe, maybe people are quiet in here this morning because I'm hitting home to some people's lives. Maybe. I don't know. That's good. Why? Because we are going to grow. We need to grow. We need to move on from here. You got that T-shirt, burn it and move forward. You see, while your spirit is recreated instantly, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, your mind, which is part of the soul, must be changed through an ongoing process. Your mind's got to be changed. It's an ongoing process. The renewing of the mind isn't an instantaneous thing. It's a, like I said, it's a marathon. The new birth changes your spirit. Renewing the mind changes the soul. I want us to look at a very familiar passage in Romans chapter 12. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. You want to know what real worship is? It's not a slow song. It's your life lived for God every single day of your life. A living sacrifice, taking up your cross daily and following him. But let me tell you something, when you show up with that lifestyle, matter of fact, it's usually the ones that have that lifestyle that are ready to come and praise him. Amen. Oh, let's praise him. Matter of fact, let's do overtime worship. That's cool with me. Let's do overtime praise. He says, but a, a holy lifestyle, a worship, a life of worship. And then and he says, so this is your, it goes on, it says, I, it, it's cut off on the screen for me. It says, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy. Can we read this together, church? Come on, let's read it together. One, two, three. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. When your mind changes, your life changes. I said when your mind changes, your life is going to change. There's a lot of reasons that we get stinking thinking but we need to come and analyze it. Let the word of God line up to what we're thinking. Let our thoughts go, does my thoughts line up with the word of God? If they don't, I need to change. The word of God isn't gonna change. We've gotta change, and you have a choice. Renewing your mind means learning to recognize what comes from hell and what comes from heaven, and then agreeing with heaven. What's coming from hell? I see that. That's coming from heaven. That's my agreement. That's the only way that you're going to really complete your assignment, your divine assignment with God, that God has given you for your life. How many of you know, every single one of you in this place, every single one of you are amazing in some way? You're amazing. If you've never heard anybody tell you that, I want you to hear me this morning, you are amazing. Fearfully, amazing, wonderfully made. There's something you do great. 
absolutely wonderful. God created you for something great. There's a, there's a group of people only you can touch. There's a group of people I'll never see that you see all the time. And they're waiting for your life of worship. They're, they're waiting for your life of obedience. They're waiting for your listening to the Spirit and releasing. They're ready for heaven to come to earth because you are that vessel who is yielded, whose soul prospers. And in everything you do, it's seen that guy, that girl is prosperous. That girl, that guy is amazing. They're a conduit of the presence of God. We must believe that what, what inside us, not, not the circumstances outside us, control our lives. That's why we can rejoice in everything, that we consider it all joy even when trials come to us. Because what we believe, that's what, what, what must be, what we must believe that what's inside us, not circumstances that come outside us, control our lives. I believe Christians today are tired of medi mediocrity. Anybody tired of mediocrity? But being tired of it doesn't mean that you know how to change it. Being tired of where you are is simply an expression of your frustration. And weary frustration won't produce any changes. When you begin to change the spirit of your mind, you quit dealing with the outward symptoms of failure in life and begin to change the kind of treasure that is within you. Your mind isn't the totality of that treasure, but it is a major part, and it's a key part. It's an important part. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, in Matthew 6, 21. So Jesus said, your heart contains treasure, and your heart is the place where your soul and your spirit meet. Hear me this morning. Your heart, which is your treasure, is where your soul and your spirit collide. Your treasure is made up of thoughts, beliefs, assumptions, and doctrines that ex you accept as true. Your treasure is what you base your decisions and attitudes on. It can bring success and it can bring failure, depending on what's going on on the inside. In other words, your treasure is what you live on. All you do every day, your life comes out of the treasure. It is your bank account that you draw from every day. You draw the, from the bank account. You draw the currency from your bank account to deal with your spouse. You are with, you, when you're with your friends, you draw from that bank account. When you are doing business, you're drawing from that bank account. When, when you begin to interact with other people on your job, you're drawing from that which you, you've stored from within. When your crisis comes and pressure squeeze you, what comes out of you when you're squeezed is what you've deposited in your bank account is what you treasure. It's what you meditate on. 
You squeeze some people, some people get squeezed by life's problems, and all kinds of stuff comes out. I propose to you, actually, the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. When a man of God gets squeezed, out comes, praise the Lord, God is faithful. Every day, all of us are making withdrawals from the treasure that's in our hearts. If your treasure is based on an unrenewed soul, obviously it's not going to produce good fruit. If it's based on a good soul, on a renewed soul, then you're going to prosper. It's easy to spot the things in your treasure that need changing by looking at the negative symptoms that you see in your life. Uh, That needs to be changed. And if you don't know if you're married this morning and you don't know what needs to be changed, just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. Oh, let me, I'll give you a list, baby. <laughs> it's also easy to spot the good treasure by what is fruitful, what is the manifestation, the fruitful manifestation that's flowing from your life. You can see what's going on on the inside of you by what's going on outside of you. Every problem in your life is a printed page. It's a readout. What, what your life is literally a readout of what's happening on the inside. Hebrews 4.12 says, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. It says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, It pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. What does? What does that, church? The Word of God. It actually divides an unrenewed soul, that's a soulish issue, and the spirit. Anybody still with me this morning? Are we we tracking? All right. So here we see in this passage of Hebrews chapter 4 that the word is the final authority in all the issues of life. Let me ask you right now in your life, what is your final authority? What is your final authority? Or is there one? Or is it opinions? Is it things that are going on, the people around you? Is it their opinion? Are you following God's word? How many of you know it's not always easy to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but it's well worth it in the end? How many of you know that there might be people all around you that are turkeys and you're trying to fly like an eagle? Absolutely. Now, there's people, there's people that don't want you to succeed in God. Matter of fact, they want you to stay with them. No, just hang out with us. That God thing. Yeah, we'll serve God, but hey, today, let's party. That's in the church today. 
And my brothers and sisters, this should not be so. I'm the same on Monday as the same on Wednesday as I'm the same on Thursday and Friday and on Sunday. And so when I show up and I give my praise to God with my brothers and sisters, the glory comes. And I get refreshed, I get blessed, and I can't wait to go back out again and do the same. The Word of God is the final authority, should be the final authority in the issues of life. It alone will infallibly discern what is from the Spirit and what is of the soul, the unrenewed soul. Only the Word of God can do that. By inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the writer of Hebrews relates man's soul to joints and what? Thoughts. The soul to joints and thoughts. Your soul is a connector to your spirit and your body. It brings the spiritual realm and the physical realm into relationship so you can live as a spiritual being in relation to God and function in a natural world. This is how you flow supernaturally, naturally, supernaturally, because it becomes who you are. It's the process you've given into. It is the process that you've chosen. And as for me and my house, I'm serving God, and I'm releasing the kingdom through my life. Why? Because I'm not dysfunctional in my soul. I'm not erratic. I am not this emotional basket case, but I am somebody that is firmly planted, standing on the Word of God, declaring the Word of God, and living it. As you hear things in your spirit, which is born of the Holy Spirit, you also hear them in your soul. Track with me. As you hear them in the spirit, you're going to hear it in the soul. Some of you this morning almost didn't come because you wanted to sleep in because soul said sleep. Some of you are, uh, how many, I mean, we all have that. Some of you right now might be saying, you know what, I'm really hungry and I'm not sure I'm really listening right now because I'm thinking about where I'm going to go to lunch. Natural. But sometimes you got to say, shut up, body. Shut up, soul, especially when it's not renewed and follow the spirit because it's, it, what, righteousness. If we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we shall be filled. What are you feeding on? What are you focusing on? What are you meditating on? As you hear things in your spirit, which is born of the Holy Spirit, you also hear them in your soul. Sometimes you just know. How many of you just know? Sometimes you'll say, something told me, and you'll feel it as if the Holy Spirit has just spoken personally to you. How many of you have been in a service and you go, I don't know anybody else if that was for anybody else, but I know that was for me. This is the process of the souls connecting the spirit and the body as a joint. Then we see that the soul is related to thoughts. This is the major tool and the function of the soul. Your thoughts direct your decisions, actions, and feelings every day, they stem from your thoughts. Notice also that the spirit of man is related to the morrow and the intents. 
the intents of the heart, the marrow. Marrow is the life-giving part of the blood. It's the force in the bones where blood is created. The Old Testament tells us in Leviticus 17, 11, that life is in the blood. Both of these describe the spirit man. If you understand that the soul is not the same as the spirit, then once again, you can see why it is, it is possible to be born again, to be a born again Christian with the safe spirit, but struggling in life because of an unrenewed soul. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16. Anybody still getting anything out of this? All right, track with me. We're going to finish this out. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, because even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. There's a process of renewal that should happen every single day in the Word. Now I want us to reason this out. Paul can't be talking about the human spirit since it is born again when a Christian makes Jesus, the Lord of his life. So he is saying that the inward man, which is made up of the spirit and the soul, is renewed as we walk with the Lord. Even though the outward man, the physical body, is getting older and dying a bit every day, the soul is being renewed day by day. Part of Christian growth is getting to a place where we can follow our spirits instead of our flesh. Lay aside, it says, the Word of God we just read earlier, lay aside all filthiness, lay aside the stuff of the flesh, and walk in the Spirit. The soul, I want you to, the flesh constantly desires worldly and negative things, but the Spirit is joined to the Lord and desires only good things. Let me just tell you this, your flesh needs to be beat into submission. <laughs> It needs to be starved once in a while. You need to put the fork down once in a while and just tune into the Spirit of God. It's called fasting. So it won't hurt us to miss lunch today and get into the Spirit. Fast with a purpose. The flesh constantly desires worldly and negative things. So once in a while, fasting says, shut up, flesh. We're walking in the Spirit. I'm going to take you on a journey. You're not taking me on one. Because an unrenewed soul lets your body tell you and dictate everything you need in your life. So therefore, what God meant as a beautiful thing between husband and wife and them alone is shared with multiple people. Because why? Giving into the flesh and an unrenewed soul. It's really quiet in here now. Back to this point. The flesh constantly wants what the world wants. The flesh, left on its own, 
will take you on a journey and an emotional roller coaster. The flesh will chew you up and spit you out and leave you for dead if it's left unchecked by the Word of God and the Spirit and an unrenewed soul. The soul, I want you to hear this, the soul hears the desires of both the Spirit and the flesh. The soul hears what the Spirit's saying, hears what the flesh is saying. Then you choose. The more you choose the Spirit, and your information of the Word of God is flowing and meditating day and night like what Psalm chapter 1 says. He prospers in everything he does. Meditation of the Word of God. He's like a tree planted by the water that bears much fruit, that bears harvest in every season. So the soul hears the desires of both the flesh and the spirit. Remember, the soul is the joint. It's the connector. So if you do not have new information that is from God's word in what, you, in what, it, what is your soul, what is your soul going to follow? It's going to follow then the flesh. People use the saying, I got up on the wrong side. Have you ever heard anybody say this? I got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. I just got up on the wrong side of bed this morning. No, it's an excuse. It's a bad excuse. It's an excuse. It's a reason to excuse the bad things that come out of the negative treasure of your heart. I just got up on the bad, I just, I'm just having a bad day. No, you just got up focusing on the wrong stuff. You hear somebody else that says, uh, well, I'm just not, I'm just in a bad mood. No, it's a mood. It's not, it, it isn't a mood. It's a way of thinking. Someone else would say, well, I must be under a dark cloud today. I'm just under a dark cloud today. And that's also just a way of rationalizing negative thinking, an unrenewed mind, not focusing on the Word of God, not focusing on the truth. You got to begin to change the treasure within your mind for when your thinking changes, how you live changes. I've said this saying before, there's greatness in every single one of you. Greatness. There's something you can do that I can't do. There's something that you're great at, something you're great at, every single person in this room. I like this saying, and I've used it many times, and I, I've heard Devin say it, I've heard others say it, they still say it. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. How do you do that? By changing the way you think. Get rid of stinking thinking. Get rid of the thinking that does not align with the Word of God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Matthew twenty two thirty seven: 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. Are you loving the Lord with all your mind, with all your soul? 
The habitual thoughts of our minds control how we live. So Jesus commands us to do more than just believe in God. He says he commands us to love him with all of our hearts. Then he goes, he gets more specific and he commands us to, to love him with all of our souls. And then he finally makes it crystal clear and he commands us to love him with all of our minds. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you five things real quick as I close. Five R's of change. Five R's of change. Responsibility, rethink, reject your old ways, review and resound. Responsibility. Take responsibility of your own thoughts. Take responsibility of putting in the right information. Get into a class. Get into accountability. You don't have someone in accountability. You're not having someone. You don't have someone that knows more than you, that's farther along than you in the Word of God and in, in life. Then get somebody. Part of picking up the, the tent, tent post of where you are and moving to new territory is you need to take responsibility for what you dwell on, what you think on, what you view, what you don't view, what you put in, what's your input, what's going on. Responsibility is the greatest sign of maturity. Amen? Amen. Rethink. Rethink what you think. Rethink what you believe, what you assume is true. And if it doesn't come in alignment with the Word of God, you need to rethink what you think. Practical. This is practical? Is this all right? All right. Some of you have uh, photographic memories. I'm, I'm glad. No, no note-taking. Reject your old ways. Responsibility. Rethink. Reject your old ways. You got to reject. Don't build a park on a garbage dump. Reject the old thoughts that come back to you and block your ability to change. Old habits are hard to break, but it will happen by new information in the presence and the Spirit of God. You can break the habit. This is the problem, folks. Here's the problem. You get in a groove to break the habit of acting without thinking. There's a lot of people who act without thinking, and that's the problem. Got to be alert. Catch that triggering thought and push it out of my mind. Reject your old ways. Consciously take hold of that thought. No, this is a negative thought. I will not do that. No, that does not align with the Word of God. I'm capturing every thought to come under the obedience of Jesus Christ. Review. Review or practice your new way of thinking. Instead of zoning out, focus in on your mental time. Take the time about your new way of thinking and then let it resound. Speak it what you think. The warfare is in resounding. Let it be heard in your own ears and let it be declared in the heavenlies. Let your thoughts resound out loud. Verbalize your new thoughts so they resound. Declare who you are. Declare who you are in God. Declare your new identity. From the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. I'm going to close with this. Let's stand. Let me close with this one passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 through 6. <clears throat> This is from the Message Bible, 
paraphrase. It says, the world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog -dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing and manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entirely massive corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, and erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Hallelujah. Praise God. You receive this word, just say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. Just want our prayer team to come. And if you're here today and you're away from God, you're in the right place. Part of, um, part of um, that saying that says you don't have to be great to start, you do have to start to be great. It begins with knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know him, today's your day. Maybe sometime in the worship time you've been just in the presence of God, which we felt, and I just feel him now and just love his presence. Maybe you're just here and you're like, man, I'm just, I need to get my life. I need to get my life and dedicate it to God. No more double-minded, no more dual citizenship in the world and in the kingdom. Let the King of Jesus be the King of your heart. Let him be King of your heart. So the kingdom can be manifest through you. So if you're away from God, I want to invite you to come right over here to my right. If you need healing in your body. I think, uh, Michael, you had a word of knowledge. Let's give that word of knowledge real quick. Yeah, I heard, um, I heard mouth, and then I just kind of prayed into it. I feel like there's something with, um, so um, the teeth, um, something with teeth, and then also, um, okay, and also with the jaw, it's like a crack eater, like a, something to do with the jaw. So, okay, awesome. Father, we thank you again for your word to reveal, to heal. Father, we thank you for your touch. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we ask for your ministering angels to come, Father. We thank you for your touch upon our brother, Father, from the top of his head to the uh, soles of his feet, that he would feel you, that he would sense you, Father. We speak to that pain and we say be eliminated in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are mightier than any pain, any discomfort. Right now in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for your testimony. In Jesus' name. And real quick, when I heard that, and uh, this is like this I said before, this has happened to me recently, where uh, if we get a word of knowledge and it's kind of double-parted, and I feel like the Lord said, if there's someone in here that um, people speak against us all the time, right? But I feel like there's a, a couple, um, one or two, that um, there have been accusations spoken against you through words, whether it be through business, um, and that's really kind of derailed some things. And I felt like the Lord said that he's going to restore that. He's going to renew that. So things that maybe have been taken away from you, from words, um, again, I'm not saying, there, but there's levels of this, right? But I felt like it was something really severe that happened to you or your family through words of accusation, through lies, that the Lord was going to redeem that. And he was going to, um, things that were taken back, he was going to bring that back unto you. 
also sensed uh, somebody have bursitis in your shoulders. It's like a bursitis. It's a really strong, it's real weak in the shoulder. Anybody? Is that you? Okay, so if you'll just come down, Martha, and just let them pray for you. Anybody else? You got something going on in your shoulders, like a catch. There was an injury. Come on down. Come on down. Let them pray for you. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Can we just, just close our eyes for a minute? As we close, as we on our way out today, I just pray, Father, we just... Father, we, I just pray for the healing of the soul. I pray, Father, for those emotions that, have, that, that get triggered either from unforgiveness as things happened. I pray for the willingness and the desire and the faith to forgive this morning. That root of bitterness that's connected to unforgiveness this morning in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are carrying that and because of that, there are other relationships that are affected or that they're holding just, uh, they're just holding bitterness, that they're, they're waiting for someone else to be affected by their bitterness, but the only one that's affecting is them. So Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for your healing power and their willingness just to say, by name, I forgive in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, those who, are, who have situations going on, things that even have um, circumstances of life that they've, there's some that are here that are literally um, need just to lay those things at your feet and to walk in your peace and not walk in anxiety because it's affecting their outcome. It's affecting their physical body. It's affecting their life. I just pray in Jesus' name that that anxiousness, that that that's that anxiety that they want to grab a hold of, they'll just release it and lay it at the foot of the cross this morning and pick up your peace, which is their inheritance. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for this amazing group of people this morning. I pray that God, as they walk out of this place, they will know how much they're loved and they will, Father, each one of us would be constantly in the process of thinking how we think and whatever we need to rethink according to your word that you we we just give you permission holy spirit changes we want to be different we want to reach lord the destiny and the purpose for which you've created us and put aside the stinking thinking the worldly thinking and lord to just grab a hold of your word your promises and to step into new territory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go today, guys. Have an awesome week. If you need healing, you need someone to pray with you, something we didn't call out, come on forward. Jesus is the healer.